The presenting sponsor of EcoCheck with the IDM is RPG Research. RPG Research is a volunteer-run, nonprofit 501c3 research and human services charitable organization providing a public research repository and studies the effects of all role-playing game formats, accessibility, and inclusiveness considerations for role-playing gamers, and the potential for RPGs to help various populations achieve their educational, recreational, or therapeutic goals. Donations to RPG research directly support research and community programs to help people improve lives. And more information for these programs can be found at rpgresearch.com donate. of Ego Check with the DM. I am your host, Michael Mallon, and this week I am joined by Francois Alliot. He is a game developer and the managing director uh, for Nerial. It's a company that's put out uh, some games that you may have heard of. One of the games uh, that I've been playing recently that I'm really excited to talk with him about is Reigns. Uh, that came out in August of 2016. Uh, then there was a sequel uh, loaded out a year later, uh, reigns her majesty so because people wanted to play the queen and uh, mm. they created a game for that and then just last year in october uh reigns game of thrones was released uh which took the system kind of the mechanics of reigns and then it infused that with all the game and game of thrones intrigue that people have uh, grown to love over the last decade or so uh francois welcome to the show thank you for joining me thank you thank you for having me one of the ways that I uh, learned of, of you and reached out to you to uh, join the podcast is because in recent months, I, I've become real interested in this idea <clears throat> of adaptive game design, where more or less the game sort of learns how you're playing the game and responds to you, and the game changes. And this came up in my mind uh, from playing actually Red Dead Redemption 2, because in that game, there's these side quests or these random missions that pop up, and you can choose to interact with them or not. And I got to thinking of what if the game was just that? That there was nothing, mm. there was no story, there was no main plot. There were just these random missions, and the game adapted based on what you did. And that idea fascinated me, so I went down a little bit of a Google rabbit hole to uh, research this. And I came across an interview you gave with uh, the site Game of Sutra back in uh, October 2016, where you were talking about Reigns, which was a game I had not heard of before. So upon reading the article, I started playing the game on Steam and got real hooked in, uh, reached out to you, and, and here we are. So uh, once again, thank you for coming on the show. No worries. Thank you. So for folks who maybe uh, are not familiar with Reigns, how you've kind of described it as, you know, this probabilistic narrative approach of telling a story. Um, how did that come about? So um, um, it really came from Tinder. Like uh, like the interaction we got in the game is uh, is like Tinder. So you swipe left or right to uh, in, instead of uh, dating people to date people or to to say you you like uh, or you don't like someone uh, is to answer questions that are asked to you by by your advisors. So. Um, I loved in an earlier interview yes. how you described Tinder as a toy. Yeah. It's first and foremost a toy, which seeing I have some single friends who 
have we've been out and I, I've been married for a while so but I've kind of lived vicariously through him going on Tinder and it is very much like a toy it's, it's which is a little strange but I thought that was a great way to describe it yeah, it has a. If you, if you think about uh, like uh, the notion of, of flow, uh, it it has a great flow. Like and in game design, it's very important. Like to get. Uh, um, I think it's really uh, because the, of the, the player or the user for Tinder is uh, very much in in charge of the pacing of the game or the, the interaction it's got with uh, with Tinder. So it's like uh, is um is. It's very uh, in control, so it, it gives the rhythm. Like uh, I, I go from one to another, slap, 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 or just I take my time, slap, slap, or I look a bit and I, I make a decision, and that's that um, sort of uh, connects the the user to the to what's happening on the screen, and they they, they got very engaged uh, because of that, because of the flow of uh, or the rhythm of of uh, Tinder, if you want, and that's why I think it's like a toy, like a um, a very uh, like you see children just uh, uh, messing with things just to see what happens, and it's a bit the same same thing. And in Reigns, like you're in the original game, you are a king, and you have different advisors, and there's kind of four different levels you have to balance over time. There's finances, the church, the people, and the uh, military, for better or for worse, and you have to balance out those different needs and each decision you have an ability to swipe right or swipe left for all these uh, options that come up. And as these scenarios play out, each of those bars will go up or go down based on your decision, but it's not always clear what your decision's going to do. Mm. Um, so there's a little bit of educated guesswork involved. There's quite a bit of randomness because you can unlock new cards, new stories, new options. And it just, you continue and you, my original approach to the game was trying to live the longest. <laughs> so it was trying to have a long reign, trying to have a long, uh, successful kingdom. And there are times where I would die literally within two years. I think the longest I've had so far is 33 years. <laughs> but my mm -hmm. original approach was to try to just extend, make all those decisions as long as possible. But then I realized that there were other elements to the game, these different side quests or stories that you could unravel. And it, it seems to me like there's more than one way to play this game. And I wonder yes. if that's part of the design process. Uh, yeah, totally. It's like... Um... Well, initially, initially when we made the game, uh, we, we had this idea of uh, having the player play the king uh, because uh, makes big decisions. So that that sort of worked very well. We were just uh, uh, in contrast to the very casual way you swipe left and right. So that, that made a nice contrast, and that that's what supports the humor. Uh, you got in the game, um, and after that, um, um, so we started like like a management simulation with uh, like. Indeed, uh, um, a few uh, ca event cards that happen uh, that are were randomly uh, selected, uh, and that sort of um, made your your reign. And each card is was basically one year of your of your reign. So, and, and you, your aim was to survive the longest possible. Um, but um, very uh, very quickly. Uh, we we decided to introduce uh, like a second layer, which is more like. Um, um, the, the idea that you play, you don't really play one king, you play a dynasty of kings. So when you finish with one king, you will 
we will play the next king in the in the dynasty, and uh, and this creates a very interesting uh, narrative. Uh, um, um, sort of uh, drive because because you're not really restarting from the start. You you also collect things that that are um, in a, in a certain range. You will you will unlock things that will you will be able to use in a, in the next range. So that that, um, that just gave a, a long. Uh, like a long play, so I always think of uh, of my uh, game design as a you know like uh, what's happening in the first five minutes, and in the first five minutes of the game, you 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 sort of get the, the basic loop of uh, trying to get the, the longest train, uh, and uh, what happens in the first half an hour? That's where you you understand that the uh, the rings are connected together, and there's like a meta story if you want. And what happens after two, three hours of, of gameplay? So that's um, <clears throat> and uh, and uh, we we got loops for each of them basically. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's interesting because when you are playing the game, and and I really enjoy the art style. Um, I think that adds to the whole experience. The the original range, which is the only one I, I've played so far, I'm still going through it, kind of uh, reminds me of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, a little bit of that sensibility. There's quite a bit of humor. There's some very random characters and very interesting, quirky things that you can do in the game. Um, like I said, it's, quite, it's, it's pretty hilarious, actually. So, you know, a card is turned over. For example, it'll be your military advisor saying... Uh, these people are invading from the north. Do you want to fight back or do something? And you have a yes/no option, more or less. Mm. And if you pick yes, then something happens. If you pick no, something happens. And then that's a year in the rain, and so a new card comes up, and maybe it's somebody from the church, or uh, maybe a neighboring country wants to marry their daughter to you. You have these. Uh, one card comes up at a time. You have a binary choice, and you just keep doing that over and mm. over again, and. Like you said, within the first five minutes, you get the sense of, oh, okay, I know how this works. And then a light bulb went off in my head. It was like, oh, wait, there's more going on here. And it sounds like that was very purposeful when building the game to take players by the hand and get them through those milestones. Yes, yes. Uh, that was uh, definitely designed uh, like this, like um um, I don't want to spoil much, but in the first game, at least, so you, you got the... Um, um, after the first half an hour of the game, you will encounter the, um, the devil, uh, who appears in the 666. Um, and that was like 58 years after the start of the game, which is 603. Um, so, so that may, that was definitely designed to, uh, to happen exactly at that point. So, mm -hmm. so people, people would, 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 have a, like a big surprise, like like a, something that just uh, uh, put the game and, uh, and and bring it somewhere else, like somewhere. So basically, you play like 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 uh, this dynasty of uh, like, like um, uh, and the devil is, is sort of trapped you in this loop of of kings, and uh, so you have to twist to. Uh, play a trick to the devil to escape the game. So that's um, that's very much. Um, Something we we intended in the game, like we wanted uh, player to to go through the like four or five different phases uh, uh, before they they fully get the, the the sort of scope of the game. And um and uh yeah, some pl some player will will just stop at the first step or just they yeah, try to make like the longest ring and uh, that that's it and that's fine and like uh, uh, it's also a, a very very good way to play our game um but but um uh, but the thing is uh, 
we wanted something for each each category of players, if you want, in a way. Looking at some some previous interviews you've given about about this game and describing, I don't know if the math behind it is the best way to forget yeah. it, but there's a lot like these binary choices, and and the game does a good job of giving you feedback of. It'll say, like, you've unlocked new cards, and it's, there's this animation of shuffling new cards into the deck. Um, <clears throat> you get this sense of progression as you play the game and you find new items or meet new characters. New cards are shuffled into the deck. So I think any two people playing this game, it's not going to be the same exact experience because um, you're making different decisions, different things yeah. getting added into the deck. And I imagine just, that just gets more and more complex over yeah. time so you had described this as a sort of this bag that can shrink or expand based on probabilities and different cards have different sizes it was a really interesting way that i, I read the interview but i wonder here if you can describe that a little bit so yeah i i am um, I, I sort of uh, sort of made the the the, the idea of like a probabilistic narrative system, but um, so it's basically the idea that um, at each point of your rank, so each time I, I draw a card, the next card to the for the player, it's not deterministic. So I I just take I look at the state of the kingdom. So are you at war? Or, uh, do you have this character, that character, uh, this new character? Are they in your deck? Um, uh, are you uh, are you married? Are you? Uh, so I, I look at a, like a, a long list of variables from the kingdom, which is the kingdom state, if you want. And uh, from that, I pick in my in my. Uh, um, in my um, long list of cards, I got like uh, 800 cards or something. I pick the, only the cards that are uh, available in that state of the kingdom, like the cards that uh, that happen only in time of war or not in time of war in uh, in peace. Um, so I, I just take this this uh, this cards. So imagine I got like 200, uh, and then after that, I I look at the I look at the like the volume. So each each card will have a different volume. So uh, some some cards that are like um, very specific to to something things that happen in time of war will have a big volume uh, because they only happen during wartime. So uh, so they I, I want to f to f uh, stumble on them more often. So they they're quite big if you want. So you got big cards, you got small cards. I put all them in a, in a, like a bag if you want, and I just pick one. Uh, card in in that bar in that card randomly. So it's not purely random. It's like more like probabilistic because I I got different weights for for different cards. Um, and after that, um, so I play the this bar, this card that I pick, and I redo the this this uh, this sort of sorting of the whole system every time uh, every year you play in in the game. Uh, so. The, uh, and that that with us like subsystems for like um, things that are more more linear, like uh, one card that follows it uh, another. So I, I have some sort of shortcut for that. But but basically that's the, the main idea. Yeah. Yeah, and that ties into kind of the original thing I was talking about, where I wonder how many games exist, or if that's where we're going with game design in the future, where it's going to be built to learn what the player likes and doesn't like, what the player interacts with and doesn't interact with, and then give the player more of what they interact with, maybe in a slightly different way. 
the possibilities of that just seem fascinating to me. Yeah. And I, I wonder, because I, I don't have the technical skills to really master those approaches, but you've kind of made this game and, and with this probabilistic narrative approach, what do you think are the limits of doing this in the future? Or are there limits? Uh, I think, I think um, uh, that sort of works for ranks because the system is relatively easy. It's like each card is actually not that very complicated. So uh, if you want, it's like a, um, I have a spreadsheet, okay, like a very very long spreadsheet with uh, 800 uh, 800 lines for 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 ranks, for example, uh, like 1800 for 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 Game of Thrones, so it's a bit bigger, um, and um, and basically um, uh, each line in that spreadsheet is a, is a card. So I, ideally in that spreadsheet, I got the question, I got who asked the question, the condition. Mm, the kingdom needs to be uh, so so I can play this card, uh, and the consequence if you say yes, and if you say no, and it's only one one line in a, in a spreadsheet. Okay, so that makes it very very easy for me to to go through uh, my whole system very quickly because um, actually spreadsheets are very powerful uh, uh, tools. Uh, we we sort of forgot that, but they are extremely powerful tools to to uh, to. To get the vision of uh, of um, a corpus of data, if you want, and uh, and uh, uh, sometimes um, developer will try to do things visually, where with box like connect each other, like entwine, but it, it can be very very uh, very complicated very quickly. So um, I would say that for for ranks, um, it works because of basic. Uh, brick of my game, which is the card, is very easy to manage, and I can I can do a lot of things with just that basic uh, basic brick. Um, I don't know how you could uh, you could make things uh, more advanced, more complicated. I think uh, uh, there's a lot of interesting things happening um, around uh, around uh, um, the, the games made by fail, fail better games. Like Fallen London, uh, uh, Sunless Skies, uh, and uh, uh, Sunless Seas, or I don't know uh, which which one it is. But uh, um, uh, these games are are very interesting because they they got the same sort of uh, non-branching narrative, uh, and that's a good uh, good 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 thing to to look into. Um, But but um, if you if you try to extrapolate. In a, like, uh, if you if you mean if you want like uh, make uh, a Red Dead Redemption version of uh, of Rings, uh, I think it would be quite difficult because um, it's like exponential when you when you when the the elements uh, you you're playing with uh, uh, gets like um, uh, is is like a mini game in itself like the. the uh, the quest, the side quest in uh, in Red Dead Redemption is like a, a complete uh, gameplay. Okay, so it's not like one card in ranks, which took me like ten minutes to write maximum. So uh, it's, it's if you imagine that. Uh, so I, I sort of uh, uh, made the most of my limitations in a way. You know, but uh, uh, I don't know how you can, uh, in a simple way, sort of extrapolate with uh, more complex things. Um, yeah. Yeah. It would seem to be limited by coding, computing power, and I think as the as consoles, as PC gaming systems, even as mobile devices become more complex, more powerful, maybe things like that would be possible. Like even even playing Red Dead Redemption, as as you're riding around, people will call out to you for help, and I'm wondering 
if there's a future where the game pays attention to, oh, they ignored a male voice, but they responded to a female voice. And yeah. it learns, and the next time it does something a little bit differently. And I don't know how far that future is away, but it seems mm. like it's possible <laughs> at some yeah. point for a game to just create itself. And I think the other reason I, yeah. my brain is thinking this way is I play a lot of tabletop games like Dungeons & Dragons where you can do that with the players at the table because you're all creating this fiction on the fly and you can improv. And it seems like games could maybe start to, to do that a bit. I like what you said that Reigns has this binary choice. There are these cards and it's a simple mechanic that you can do a lot with and mm. which it seems like you have and it, it seems like you've developed on that. So the original Reigns and then Reigns Her Majesty and then Reigns Game of Thrones, it seems like they've gotten more complex as as they've advanced. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, but um, but at the same time, we we sort of kept the, the basic uh, basic functioning brick of uh, of rings uh, for each game. Uh, we we sort of uh, uh, complexly uh, made, made things a bit more complex. For um, like in Game of Thrones, for example, uh, you got uh, different roles, like the hand of a king, which can be different characters. So um, and and while while just writing one card, I can I can actually have many characters uh, say that card. So that's that's um, uh, also a lot of optimization to just make a lot of content with uh, with not much, uh, which is a bit my. Uh, my way of of working, um, and um, um, I think um, on this particular point, uh, an interesting thing uh, we, we're doing it right now uh, because you you've said about top on uh, Dungeon and Dragons, um, we, we're working on a on a, a board game version of uh, Reigns, like a, okay. like a card game if you want. Uh, we, we're gonna kickstart that in September, I think, so it's uh, very early, but okay. it's funny. We, we and uh, and uh, it's very interesting to see um, uh, because working with a, a very very well-known designers, uh, uh, fr- French designer, of, um, designer of uh, werewolves and uh, and um, uh, uh, Citadel. So I don't know. Oh, very, very good. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And it's very interesting to see how they work because uh, uh, they took our, our mechanic, our simple way of doing things, and uh, and they, they just um, uh, extrapolate something uh, that's actually very simple, but uh, but always with uh, uh, the, the same idea of uh, having a king answering question by yes or no. Um, and and there's um, um, I'm very interested to see uh, where where this is uh, going to go because uh, well by um, Regarding what you say of uh, of uh, um, the, the the way the, the game uh, evolves, uh, I, I think um, it's probably going to change the, the way we make games ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have in my and maybe my imagination gets ahead of me, but this world where some of these AAA title video games, like Red Dead Redemption Two, for example, but maybe Red Dead Redemption Five, <laughs> is mm. is a game that exists and everyone buys it and within a week everyone's playing a different game yeah which is just fascinating to me about what that what that means or what that could mean um and it, it doesn't have to be just you know a game like that it could be a game like you know skyrim these big huge open world games which kind of have their own narrative paths and these interesting things happen but it could be a sports game it could be a a, a game like reigns it 
I'm just really fascinated by what the options are. Yes, uh, yes. I think there's a lot of things happening right now around uh, multiplayer game for for that sort of uh, of uh, sort of emerging gameplay in a way. It's like the gameplay that the, the designer didn't intend a uh, player to to actually uh, um, do and. Um, and uh, well, I, I was very far from me, but but uh, I heard a lot of uh, of um, multiplayer games were were sort of uh, um, uh, seeing uh, like rituals uh, put up by the players that that were not designed by 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 the people, uh, and and uh, we you would say sort of some sort of emerging gameplay uh, from from things like that. Um, uh, so, so it could be a, an interesting uh, things. Yeah, I know. And what have been the challenges trying to take Reigns into a tabletop format? It, w- it would seem like that would be a challenge. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And um, I think that's why I didn't do it uh, directly. And uh, I just asked uh, uh, some board game designer. Um, it's because it's a very different world uh, and very different way of uh, thinking. Uh, I'm, I'm quite. Uh, I can be useful to to bring ideas to a to a board game designers, but it's not really my my thing. Um, I think um, uh, how to sum it up um, for you. Um, so basically, in the board game, uh, one of the play, it's an asymmetric game. So one of the player plays the king, and the other play the the different advisors. Oh, okay. uh, and um, and basically uh, uh, the king uh, you, you still got the, the four values uh, um, but instead of going from zero to hundred or they, they go from uh, um, they start at the middle at fifty and they they um, well, uh, and, uh, they start at the middle and uh, you got uh, minus five and plus five okay and uh, and each decision you take uh, we will change the values uh, just one or two so it's like a simplified version of of range. Um, and um, basically, um, um, each advisor has a, like a secret objective, to just to uh, to kill the king, uh, or to uh, to to get the, the values in certain position, like have a strong a strong church and a, or weak people, and they will uh, they will have a lot of cards, like cards that, that will invite them to play, um, to ask a question. Uh, and like the advisor in Reigns, it will be a bit weird because we just give uh, symbols to, to ask a question, like like uh, I don't know, uh, uh, an apple and a, and a, and a dragon, uh, and uh, we just give that, and they have to tell a story with that and uh, convince the king, or maybe not, maybe they don't want to convince the king to say yes to say yes to their to their proposal or what they what they want to do like uh, we we need to we need to uh, we need to, um, to 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 grow apple tree uh, because uh, it repels the dragons for example see? okay and and, and they, they, the king say yes or no and uh, that will uh, trigger consequences and um, each each advisor tries to bring the kings in his own territory yeah. So that's it, uh, and so that's very interesting, um, like a simplified version of of Reigns. And uh, and what what we see is that indeed we got um, we got some sort of emerging game um, narrative, like uh, the players will um, will do like uh, um, connect the things together. They will sure. connect one question to another. Yeah. 
Well, because you said that, uh, Mr. Advisor A, uh, uh, I want to, to tell the king not to do it and actually do my thing instead. And, it's, and that sort of sort of creates uh, like the court rivalries and, and the, 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 the sort of background story is emerging from from the, the gameplay. So that's that's very interesting. Yeah, that's right. It give, it sounds like it does. Uh, it allows for a lot of improv from the players to build off of each other's story. Uh, mm. Certainly similar to games that I'm familiar with, like I said, Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop games, where you know you throw out a scenario, but you never quite know where it's going to go, and mm. the players always come up with their interesting, interesting directions. You could prepare it as much as you like, but they always find something new to throw at you. <laughs> and, yeah, and it, go, and it goes in new directions. This this mechanic that that you have of this this tender style approach to telling stories is this something that you're interested in continuing with or, or moving on to other ideas, moving away from reins, or kind of what's what's coming in the future f- for you? So we got a different project coming up, but nothing nothing official yet. But okay. uh, I think I think we we got um, we got to do one of our ranks, um, but. But it's not. Uh, it, it will be a completely different universe, uh, and I think it, it can be work very nicely um, uh, because it doesn't have to be a king, and uh, that's that's interesting. So, um, but I, I can't really tell you more right now because uh, we're still still uh, uh, being pitched to a lot of people, so I, and I can't really say anything. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think it's going to be interesting, and I, I like. That's um, what I like in ranks. Uh, is, it's sort of um, uh, through, through that game, I managed to work with uh, the Alexander for for a uh, Majesty. Uh, so with with uh, like a proper interesting writer for Majesty, with with um, HBO for uh, Game of Thrones. So uh, I really like the fact that uh, through this mechanic, I can actually uh, touch a lot of uh, different uh, things that I'm not used to do. So uh, it's, it's good. Um, I use it as a vehicle to to explore new things. If you want. So I think there will be one more for now, um, one more rings, and that will be it for quite some time. But apart from that, I'm working on other things. I'm working on a, uh, like a video game adaptation of uh, of um, Animal Farm. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's that's an interesting one. Uh, still uh, still uh, still in the, in the prototyping things. Um, and and uh, other projects, but yes, there's, uh, I think I think I will uh, I will explore around this idea of uh, of um, making a very uh, very narrative game, so still games that tell a story for through words, um, but but narrative games which which are really designed for for uh, either PC or mobile, or, uh, which are really designed for for the, uh, the interaction you can get on this. And yeah, uh, bring bring this a, a bit further if I can. What what are the games that influenced you and kind of led you into being interested in game design in the first place? I think um, I would say there's a, there's a game that that um, was very influential to me, but that's not very well known. It's not actually amazing game, but but uh, it adds it adds something. Uh, I hope you can find in my games, uh, which was. Uh, 
like like some elements of surprise. So it's, it was a, call, a game called uh, uh, Transartica. Um, so that's last that's from uh, 19 Transartica. Let me see. I think it's. Um, 1992 or something. 1993. Okay. okay. Uh, so, so it's a it's a it's a game where where you um uh, it's like um some sort of um uh, it's management simulation but in a train. Um, so you play you play uh, the captain of a train uh, and and the, basically the earth is uh, is covered in uh, in snow and uh, the only uh, only. Um, machine able to to travel from one city to another are trains okay and uh, and uh, you go from one city to another in the world that's covered in uh, in, in ice and uh, you trade uh, you you got like some a lot of management uh, side uh, a bit of uh, action which is not very great but it's, uh, it's uh, this interesting thing but but that not worked um, and as and you sort of build your your train so it's still uh, like a like a management uh, like like, um, like some sort of tycoon but um, you just build the train um, with uh, with different uh, wagons and um, and there's like a backstory so throughout the the game you will you will find uh, like secrets and stuff and explaining why the the earth is covered in ice and that's very interesting like uh, I really like the way the, this game was was putting in the the story inside uh, inside um, the, the world uh, with this map they were all white map and you had like Paris uh, you could go from Paris to uh, to New York because it was all, all ice so that was fun so it was very interesting um, I think that that's one that really uh, marked uh, touched me when I when I was uh, younger uh, and after that um, what brought me to games uh, uh, more recently uh, I think uh, it was the, the idea that um, um, like the other indie games um, and the, the, all the, the trend of indie games uh, uh, that's, that started with I think Braid essentially with Braid, Braid um, and, uh, and just uh, covered the last the, the next five years after that and um, yeah that, that was the, the idea that you could make games and, uh, and actually uh, um, make a living with it so that was interesting if I, if I talk about my influence for 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 rings in particular, um, there was a game from uh, Asher Volmer, uh, the, the guy who created Freeze, uh, that was very interesting uh, because it's um, but that stayed very simple and it was called a, a Royals, so like a Royal with an S, um, and uh, and um, it has this idea of uh, one year. Uh, one turn, one in in a ring, okay, uh, but but with uh, some sort of uh, simulation. So it's not it was not exactly the same, but that, that's really something that inspired me, um, along with uh, um, some some other games. But yeah, um, yeah, I think uh, that's about it. Yeah. The first game you mentioned, the Trans Arctica. I had never um, played that before, but just looking at some of the screenshots now as you're describing it. It it looks very interesting, and there's this yeah. one there's this one screenshot where the train is going down the tracks. Uh, there's these glaciers ahead, and then there's this big snake dragon like thing that's yeah its head up. Uh, so it, it looks it looks quite fascinating. As we were going back and forth, yeah, yeah. Uh, before before the interview, I had said playing Reigns remind me 
reminded me of an old game from the 80s. So I, yeah, the Amiga, the Commodore 64, there was this game that I became quite fond of, which was called Alter Ego. And it was this game, kind of similar idea where you would have these cards that were displayed on screen and you mm-hmm. navigated through them and each card turned over a scenario and it was like you would go through a lifespan. So at birth, mm-hmm. toddler, childhood, adulthood, or adolescent, adulthood, so on and so forth. And as you advanced, your decisions added up to, and it would keep track of your personality and some other factors, your health okay. and whatnot. And sometimes you would die because you were too reckless or made bad decisions or an accident happened. And other times you would actually just go through and live to old age and die peacefully. Mm. And each time you played, it was a little bit different. And this was certainly very simple. The game released, I think, in 86. And it just reminded me of this approach with Reigns where your decisions, it's one decision, but it adds up over time. And it, it like causes these other things to happen in the background. And I was just thinking like you could combine what your your approach mm-hmm. with something like that or even a game like The Sims and it's like Tinder with The Sims. Yeah. It's, you're going throughout your life making decisions and there's different things that are adding up in the background. Like that kind of gameplay would seem pretty fascinating to me. So all these these games that you're mentioning are these titles that have touched around these ideas of of this developing narrative and management system. It, it it's a it's a engaging style of gameplay to me. Mm. From having Reigns now out in the out in the world for a few years now, um, what's the reception been like? What's been the most surprising feedback you've gotten from the audience? I think um, very well. The game has been like very very successful, like uh, way way more than we expected. Congratulations! Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, and um, and sort of triggered uh, uh, interesting interesting things. Um, I think uh, some of them things I'm the most uh, Bemused or in, but but interested in is uh, the fact that um, some people um, uh, actually played the game uh, with with um, in in a in a classroom or in a in a like a, in a UG, in a university in a, in an amphitheater like in a big room so um, and they played like you had like two hundred uh, students. And they all played the game together, so you got the, the game on the screen, on the big screen, oh, and wow. uh, and uh, and uh, the the the, uh, the the I don't know. Generally, it's a, it's a professor just uh, asked a question to the to the audience and asked, uh, okay, so uh, the the question of the, um, that asked to the king is, uh, do you want to go to the war? Okay, and uh, people who wants to say yes just uh, raise your hand, or people who say no, uh, now you you can raise your and and they, they sort of um, take the decision from that uh, and it's very interesting because uh, um, I really like the idea that uh, the, the simplicity the super simplicity of the fact that uh, you only have to answer whatever happens uh, makes that sort of uh, interaction possible and I've, I've actually uh, 200 people playing the game together and actually enjoying it together so that's very funny and I tried it myself uh, during one of my talk and uh, just made people play the game as it works very well it's very very, very interesting um, so that that was one uh, one uh, interesting feedback. Um, one uh, one uh, in feedback that was probably uh, um, 
even more uh, uh, important that uh, um, regarding what you what you're talking about um, uh, one of his um, I think it was two years ago so I don't remember exactly the details uh, but um, I had um, uh, the, a, prof, a professor in a um, the university, but I don't know exactly where, which one anymore. Uh, but uh, he said uh, he was was actually uh, uh, doing research in how people uh, were were um, getting sense of uh, like a statistical data uh, over time, and um, and it's actually something that happens in rains. It's like people actually get better at taking decisions that are. Uh, indeed, quite random, and it's very interesting. It's like they got the sense of uh, um, of uh, the the sort of stat- statistical structure of uh, the data. Like uh, if if I roll them uh, through through uh, two hundred cards that are randomly selected and that have uh, you you don't see the effects uh, right away, um, they will sort of uh, create some sort of map of uh, uh, how um, how long the card will be locked until it comes back and and sort of uh, create a, a sense of uh, the, the sort of statistical structure of uh, of, of the game and uh, and they will get better uh, over time it's like you get better at playing rings uh, over time and it's not just you uh, understanding better the game it's just uh, you 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 have um, a sense that uh, if you say yes to this um, um, there's, a, there's more chance that, that it will uh, br- um, bring you uh, so, something bad. Than, um, so you, you will you will sort of um, be, be a bit more acute to uh, what may happen next in your ring. Uh, and this is this is just by, by the fact that uh, um, um, if you want, the cards are locked for a certain time and they will come back eventually. But so you will you will uh, eventually um, you, you got some sort of a, a structure of uh, what could be in the, in your ring. Uh, but you need to play a lot of ranks to get that sort of uh, impression. But it's very interesting uh, the, the way people um, make sense um, in of statistics, if you want, uh, in a way. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I. It reminds me of when I first started playing the game. I think I was trying to make decisions to be a a good king. <laughs> you know, I wanted to take care of the people and make good yeah. decisions. And your own sense of moral judgment comes yeah. into play as you're playing the game. And then I continued to have bad outcomes in the game. Yeah. Oh, because these bars are important. And then at first I didn't realize that I thought getting them all high was my objective. Then I realized if they go too high, that that's bad. Mm. And so you have to level things out. And so I learned while playing the game that it's it's okay to set my moral, yeah. um, my moral decision making to the side, and then focus more on well, what are the mechanics in the game that are important? Mm. And and that was definitely a learning process. That that was something that that I don't know how long it took, but I think just naturally playing the game, you you learn the system a bit. And mm. I'm still I'm still learning it. And, you know, I, I was just playing last night and, and tweeted out a, a screenshot of my untimely death after 33 years. But it's it's definitely a lot. It's definitely a lot of fun. And it it doesn't surprise me that people who are more academically minded, like the looks like the school and the professor you talked about are are kind of using this to 
get more information because I yeah. think it, like I said, I think there's so so much potential for this approach to game design and gameplay to be really meaningful, to be really uh, impactful, and not only from a sense of hooking players in, but I think there's just bigger themes that that are out there that that range touches on, which is it's been wonderful to to get your perspective on some of these topics. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you said going forward, you have some different, different projects that are, that, that are floating around maybe kind of a different sort of question, but as a developer, what are the things that you most want to connect with, with the players playing your games? Like, what are you striving for? If that makes sense? I think, um, what as a, as a game designer and and game writer actually, what I'm most uh, most uh, interested in um, is to be able to um, I don't know I, I say play tricks to the player or surprise the player like okay um, yeah I think that's that's where I'm the most um, um, that's what I want to do it's like do things that that people will will not expect. Ready, um, and that will that will sort of uh, surprise them. And so I'm, I'm very happy that we managed to do that on uh, Reigns Game of Thrones, uh, even because we got a, like a big license, so you're not supposed to do a lot of things. But we we sort of convinced HBO that we we, we should do that. We should uh, actually uh, play tricks to the player, like uh, like have them um, do do things that that are not expected from from the show you know and um and that's really something um uh, that's very important to me because i think that's where um the game um is able to break some some things in the player like like some some prejudice or some some bubbles or some pre uh, pre Pre, um, preformed idea about uh, about a lot of things, and uh, and uh, because you you surprise them, you can hook them, and you can you can you can um, 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 show different things. I think, and uh, that's that's uh, um, that's something I'm very interested in uh, as a game designer. So how to use a surprise and unexpected uh, gameplay consequences to. Uh, bring things forward like like in um i, I always take this example but uh, i think it's a it's quite a meaningful one um like in rings um um you you can die because you got too much money and uh, that's not something that's really uh uh, expected in a video game, and I actually have people who are very, very annoyed at that. But the fact that you, <laughs> you, you can't pile up money forever. I think that's what happened to me. I think the first time I was like, "Oh, I'll just max out money," and I'm like, "Oh, nope, that didn't work out." <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and also, you you die in the game. It's it's very cheesy, but you die because uh, you got so much money that you throw a party and you end up uh, you end up uh, dead because you sleep on the on, on the stairs or something. So that's that's sort of a totally random death, but that happens every time you max the money. So that's, but um, but I think that's that's very interesting. This is this is exactly the thing I wanted. Like I wanted 
people to be oh no i can't do that and why why and uh, and uh, i think it's uh, it's it's a very uh, important thing it's like the idea of the power is a is a is a balance of things and not uh, just piling up and then eventually yeah. if you pile up things uh, it's not going to work <laughs> it's not sustainable so yeah that's that's um, um strong strong themes for me but but i i bring them to the player by surprising him if you want and not just by explaining uh, things in a very boring way and, and it brings to mind one of the th- from one of the first things you said in our conversation today when you were talking about kind of the flow of reigns and the game design in the first five minutes, the first 30 minutes, the first two to three hours. I wonder how much of a challenge it is to introduce surprises in those different time frames. Like, how, how do you pace those out? How do you hook people in and then surprise them at where it changes the expectations? Like, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, um, I think it's uh, it's something where um, I think it's it's in the process we 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 wrote the game that that these things happen. Um, it's like um, like like a full complete. Uh, um, continuous uh, iterations around the story. So, like we we first we we define the first two hundred cards, and uh, we see that the uh, the first two hundred cards uh, sort of define a, a certain style of games. But we want to have more surprise after the first half an hour. So, for the next three hundred for the next two hundred cards, we will bring something that happens in the first uh, half an hour. And just because because of the structure of the game. Uh, that, uh, as I said, is not uh, is not branching. So I, it's not, I don't have to like uh, suddenly after after three months of work uh, uh, put like all the uh, subsection uh, inside my main branch so that I've uh, that I was sort of solidified uh, uh, two months before and I can't really find it anymore. So it's not like that. I just add new new cards in my system and I say uh, this probabilistically uh, will happen more uh, as as. More more, more chance to happen after uh, 50 years, and uh, and uh, and uh, if uh, if you discover the first uh, two objectives, for example, and I can just add that, and I know it will work in my system. I don't have to uh, to put it somewhere see if you want. So I just define it. I say, okay, you need to happen uh, after the first half an hour, and it will happen after the first half an hour. It's not. Uh, I don't have to to uh, intro. Produced it in something I, I worked on uh, before, if you want. Okay, I just add more cards, and um, and just by adding more cards like this, like first two hundred, second for uh, the next uh, two hundred, and so on and so forth, until I get my eight hundred cards. Each each new layer of cards is like a, a, a reworking of the whole system, and until until uh, until I'm happy with uh, what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that that's great. I, I appreciate all the time that uh, you shared with, with me and the audience talking about range and this probabilistic system. And uh, like I said, I think there's so much potential for that uh, system to really to go in any kind of narrative space, whether it's like the span of a lifetime, like a, the game Alter Ego I was talking about before, or mm. it could be a crime family or a police force or a school or it could be anything where you're mm. making these decisions and it is branching or not even branching, but you have these possibilities as of different things happening. It's an approach, uh, a game design that I've, I've really enjoyed. So, uh, you know, thank you for creating all that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, if, if people want, wanted to 
you know, reach out to you, uh, ask questions, or, or just get a sense of what's coming next? How, how can they find you online? Um, I think Twitter is the most uh, easiest, easiest way. Just uh, at me, and uh, I, will, I, will, I will answer, Junior answer. So I'm an aerial on Twitter. Um, and otherwise, you can do a, um, a contact at uh, ranksgame.com. And yeah, we, I try to keep that, <laughs> to, to keep track of that. So. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll post this on, on Twitter, of course, and you're uh, at Nariel, so it's N-E-R-I-A-L for folks who are listening. So yeah, uh, I'm excited about some of the stuff you said that, that's coming down the road. So sounds like the, the tabletop game, uh, uh, some other type of iteration of Reigns and something else. So Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's uh, I will definitely be keeping an eye out. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, thanks everybody for listening to this week's episode. Uh, thank you to Francois for coming on the show and talking about Reigns in some great detail and explaining his probabilistic narrative approach to game design. I'm really excited to see what he has in store uh, for the future, and I'm really excited to see where game design goes and how far the boundaries are pushed on this idea of adaptive game design, where not only do you learn how to play the game, but the game learns how to play you in some ways, where the same game might be completely different for different people. Uh, I'm just, the future is very interesting. And I'm excited to see what happens in those domains. We'll be back again this month with some other episodes. I'm going to be interviewing the creators of the Critical Core role-playing game system that is currently hosting a successful Kickstarter campaign. Uh, We're going to get more detail from those gentlemen uh, just next week. And if you're interested in supporting my creative efforts, you can get involved and support me through my uh, Patreon account, and that's www.patreon.com slash theiddm, T-H-E-I-D-D-M. You can get involved for as little as $1, and there's some other tiers available if you wanted to collaborate on some content or even sponsor one of the podcasts that I put out. So be happy to have your support, and Anytime that you uh, listen to a show, if you want to give me some feedback, happy to get that feedback. You can find me at the id dm t h e i d d m, and I appreciate whenever anyone shares the podcast and uh, filters it out, uh, so more people can hear. It's one of the reasons I enjoy doing the show, and they'll uh, keep coming out. So thank you very much, and enjoy your week. Mm-hmm.